The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Welcome to a Breath of Fresh Air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. So since the Lord has kept me from having children, I think it's best that you go unto my servant so that we can have kids through her. Sarah, that's that's a big thing you're asking of me. Do you you is that what you really think would be best? It's the only way. Well, it's worth a try. Abram agreed to what Sarah said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan for 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave to her husband. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. And when she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. You are responsible for the wrong that I am suffering. I put my servant in your hands and now that she knows she's pregnant, she despises me. May God cast judgment between you and I. Sarai, hold on, me? No, 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 no. I simply was doing what you suggested. This is your maidservant. This is your beef. And as a result, this is your punishment to decide. Do as you wish. Okay. Bet. The angel of the Lord found Hagar, near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said to Hagar, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai. I can't take her anymore. We despise each other. I'm bearing the heir of Abram. It's not fair I'm being treated like this. You are now with child, and you will have a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand against him, and he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. God promised Abram that he would be the father of many nations, but there was one issue. Sarai, his wife, was barren. She could not fathom how God could possibly keep this covenant true. As a result, she offered her husband, her maidservant Hagar. Abram listened to his wife and had a son called Ishmael. In this episode of A Breath of Fresh Air, we will discuss how this plan turned out. So we are back again with another episode. And sorry to disappoint you guys, it's just me and the cars this week. <laughs> I know you guys got a little bit spoiled with, mm-hmm. well, we had one, two, three, four weeks of guests. Yeah, just about. 
Wow, we got a whole month. Like, yeah, four weeks back to back. That's insane. So yeah, so this week we said we're gonna bring it back to home for for this week. So just us again. So we're gonna continue the story of Abram. Abram. I keep on wanting to you know say the other name, but we ain't there yet. And so this this week we're really gonna go through chapters fourteen through seventeen. Yep. And so, like, last week we left off with Abram and Lot separating now. So Lot essentially took the good lands, and now Abram, ooh, got it right, Abram, <laughs> he went to the lands, he went to the opposite direction of Lot. And God still promised to bless Lot, and God also, you know, God made many covenants with Abram up to this point. So now we get in chapter 14, and we see a story enveloping... <laughs> I good, but my boss. <laughs> it's all good. We see a story unfolding now. It's almost one of a movie scene. We see a story of three kings, well, four kings gathering, and then we see another story of, of another five kings. These kings are all in the land of Canaan, and they're pitted against each other. So Genesis 14 goes on to say the name of these kings, Amramphil, Eleazar, Elam, and a bunch of other names. Right, that's, that's <laughs> where it started to get kind of muddy for me, bro. Like, ooh, this, these some long names too, you feel me? And then the places where they from was was pretty, like, tongue-twisting yeah. to try to pronounce. And then, like, all these places, I wouldn't say they don't exist today, <laughs> but they are not called by these names today. Right. So you just hear about other cities that will become more important when we go further through the Bible. And we see uh, names like the like Shinar and um, Zoar and Gomorrah and Sodom. So we see some names that we heard about previously and some names that we will hear about because we all, we all know some big stories that are about to come up. But so we hear how these the kings that won and they took a whole of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so now we hear, we hear, we read the story of how Lot, who was Abram's son, got captured. And so this is where the story gets a bit more interesting to me, I would say. Because, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I read through the Kings, you can read, the, read, it, read, for it, read through it yourself. It's a nice story. But then we see how one, one servant or slave escaped. And he ran and tell Abram, hey, Abram, you know your nephew Lot, right? <laughs> yeah, so these kings had a war over there. And yeah, they, they took, you know, they sacked Sodom and Gomorrah and they took Lot and all of his possessions. And Abram was like, come mm -hmm. again? <laughs> <laughs> Beg your pardon? <laughs> I wonder how far, like, I wonder how long between Lot's departure, what did this happen? I, that would be a, that's a good question. You know what I mean? Because like, if this was something pretty recent, it would just be like, mm, see, that's what you get for being when like in the bars when they say when your eye too big. Exactly. You know what I mean? You see all the niceness over there, and you want that for yourself. But it's like everything that glitters in gold, just because that that area is like prosperous and I don't know, it's rich in I I guess structure in infrastructure and stuff. That don't mean that that's the best situation for you to be in. The prime example with Lot, everything was nice and lush over there, but they was dealing with a lot of, I don't know, like a lot of evil in that in that in that region. Yeah, you know. 
And so now we see a group of kings coming together and rebelling against another group of kings who it appeared that they weren't prepared for this at all. They got completely ambushed. They stole all of their goods and they started taking captives. You know, <laughs> one, of the, one of the people who was involved in this war happened to run away. And what did he do? Check in with Abram. Yeah. Check in with Abram. Like, just think about that, bro. All the people in this area, why are you going straight to Abram? Exactly. You know why what I mean? went to a different king? For true. Because clearly, y'all had no shortage of kings. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of kings in this land. And don't forget, God just said he was going to give you this land. He was mm. going to give Abram this land. You know what I mean? So they don't know. They fighting and fighting and fighting, but they ain't even know they fighting for nothing because this line about to be Abrams in, in, a, in a short moment. Exactly. You exactly. And one thing to point out too. So when you read in Genesis 14, 13, it said, one who escaped came and reported this to Abram, the Hebrew. And the reason why I want to put a pin in that right there is because this is the first reference, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first reference we ever have mentioned to the Hebrew people or just Hebrews in general. Because mm. we had Adam, son of God, yep. you know, created in his image. Then we had uh, Abel, who, R.I.P. We had Seth. Then we had Noah. But then up in hell, then we didn't, Shem, we didn't have any specific reference to Hebrews. They were just... So, so, so just even think about this, bro. Before Noah, it, there was no distinction between peoples. That is true. You understand? Because everybody spoke the same language, so they were all kind of one people. That's the way I look at it. That's the mm -hmm. way I depict it, or that's the way I interpret it. So now after, I think everyone post Tower of Babel, that's when you start to identify these people because they might speak. Of course, they speak differently, you know? But because it's the same group of people, they might have a different culture, and then they might look different as well, you know? But the reason... I mean, the looking different and having their own culture is interesting, but the same, the same time, remember, Abram came from his family too. So, I mean, he would look. Yeah, true. And like then, how, however they look. And then, guess what? They already, they already mentioned Egypt and Egyptians too. Exactly. So, you can see just there's difference in cultures already. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But honestly, that's the first time since we started going through this that I've come across the term Hebrew, unless I just completely missed it. Mm -hmm. But I mean, to me, I think it's like since God already made these co this, these covenants with Abram, that he already started. Because think, I mean, okay, so the thing, let's think about it. He's already in the land of Canaan, where we know all the wickedness in Canaan. We even can see in this in this uh, previous chapter that all the kings are already going to war. Mm -hmm. So now these people we know are worshiping all sorts of different gods, human sacrifices, and they were already cursed, Bing, because yeah. they're from the line of Ham, Bing, yeah. So now, imagine this person in the land, create like just serving their own like this brand new god. He's a peculiar person, mm -hmm. and we can see like how the Hebrews were supposed to be a peculiar pe a peculiar people. So now, I think that's even why I made references because they knew something was different about him. Like he in their land, they just say, oh, "Yeah, you a Hebrew." Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Like this guy, and it's so funny because it just goes to show. I used to think. And I'm sorry for just keep switching on. Like I start a sentence and then just switch it up. But I used to think that the certain times of old was easier to serve God than others. Like even when you look at um, like Bible stories, when you have a whole city, everybody observed the Sabbath. You don't, you don't stand out. There's no ridicule. You don't even have to explain that to anybody. You should mm -hmm. be comfortable in that. But when you think about the world in any story of the Bible... 
the followers of God, we're in a minority. <laughs> you understand? That's so, even to this day. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. like now I'm realizing that it's never, it's never been that way. You always have to take an active decision to be a follower of Christ and to actually observe the laws that he gives you mm-hmm. within this culture because, and I know this jumping the gun, but Hebrews, it was a culture. I'm not sure if they were a specific race of people, but it was like they all settled in one specific area and that's because of the promise of Abram, you know? So people could have, people could have associated, um, they could have looked at the Hebrews the same way you look at Egyptians and everybody else. It's just a race of people. But the only difference is these guys have a peculiar God. Mm-hmm. So that's what make them very unique. But guess what? I'm thinking about it too because keep going. But guess what? That's what also make them a bunch of weirdos. If everybody serving multiple, if, if it's polytheism in every other culture. That's what I was going to say now too. Yeah. And this guy, these guys, they serve one God who you cannot see. That's it. Then these guys are weirdos. That's it, yep. <laughs> so like, like, bro, I, I just feel like in my adult age, I'm starting to realize that you, when you, when you try to, 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 to take on the name Christ or follower of the Most High God, you are dedicating yourself to a world of being, I don't want to say ostracized, but it's going to be a lonely road. They say like, it's, gonna, it's a narrow road you're trotting on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This ain't, this ain't something where you should feel completely accepted and completely at home because this ain't the world for that. If we was in heaven, everybody, we all on one accord. We all serving this one God. But if you look at the stats, there are more people that do not follow this God, you know what I'm saying, in the world Mm -hmm. than people who do. And even amongst the people who do, there are so many different divisive doctrines going on. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you a person who really study the Bible and you lean out onto your own understandings, you will be in the minority for sure. So, and that's, I feel like that's the situation with Moses. Moses, why I keep calling him Moses, bro? (laughs) (laughs) That's the situation with Abram is in, you know, because now he's, and, and this, and this is now appearing to be a new trend. <laughs> Following God at this point in time in the world mm-hmm. is now a new trend mm. because of how everybody was so miseducated post the flood. That is true too. And it's, it shows how far and corrupted the world had gotten in such a quick time again. <sighs> like again, because you see how they ain't that far removed from the ark. But you have all of these nations now different kings <laughs> and they all already like turned away from God. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, well, wow, it's the, the, the world already got to this, this point again. <laughs> so now we have Abram who was, just, I would say waiting for action. <laughs> <laughs> he just is sitting around with nothing to do. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I could, I, I'll accept that. I, I, I could agree with that. Because, like, this man heard this, he, he heard Lord God captured, and without hesitation, the Bible said, when Abram heard that his relative had been taken captive, he called up for 318 trained men. Right. Born in his household, and went to pursue as far as Dan. Like, these people, so Abram was like, oh, yeah, Lot get captured by these kings? That's small things. And... You know how much confidence he had? <laughs> Bro, my tree, like we hear about the 300 army and the 300 movie and stuff. We say, my 318 man? No, we got this. Mm-hmm. Bro, think about what they say. 318 trained 
men. Exactly. What they was training for? Why? But you got to remember too, they know where they was. Exactly. So like when you say he, he was looking for something to do, I feel like that's that's accurate because you was trained. You you busy, y'all busy training ever since these people was born. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't, they might not have been that old. Abram was probably like 80 at, at the time, somewhere around there in his 80s or 90s. But these guys was training and training and training. We don't have no evidence to support the, any action that they've been in before, but they was training and now it's time to put this training to use. Put this training to use. <laughs> and then, I mean, I'm pretty sure there were other times in the Bible that we just don't have a count because it ain't like we have a daily journal of yeah. Abram, but I'm sure they had to defend themselves against some of these other kings already too. Sure. So these guys was ready for combat. Uh, but think about what they up against, bro. It's like three or four kings and their people who just ambushed an entire city, two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah. And you 300 people, bro. You might not even be enough. You might not have enough men to have a city. Like, it's, it's 300 people a city even. You know no, what I'm saying? Like, small, that's a, a small a, village, bro. Right. That's that a neighborhood. Town, <laughs> you feel me? So, so you come in with that and y'all go in there without fail. You know, and bro, I just want to paint a picture to let people understand who Abram was. Mm-hmm. This wasn't a jokey guy. No. You understand? Uh, we just see in the last episode how he was kind of shook when they was in Egypt. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But then sometimes you got to know when to hold him and know when to fold him still. But it also show how, how regarded Egypt was back in the day too. Mm-hmm. Cause he ain't even approach Egypt with all that smoke. Mm-hmm. He say, nah, bro. I know, <laughs> I know what y'all dealing with. Yeah. <laughs> But these Canaanite kings, oh yeah, I can handle I them. Over them. I can handle them. They're too divisive already. I'm telling you. But yeah, man. So, and the next thing is, Abram was a was a tactician. You see him dividing this man and saying, and he ran, telling him to go different routes. <laughs> like this man was trained in the art of war, oh, just yeah. off rip. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then so we we know how the story ends. You know, Abram had God on his side, but so he was able to recover all the goods back. And, and save a lot, which was interesting too. And then, so after this, he def- after defeating, but you want to try to pronounce that? Yeah, that guy. We call him <laughs> Chet. After he defeated Chet. <laughs> <laughs> and all the kings allied with him. So you have the king of Sodom who came out to meet Abram, which is interesting. So you even got like, so like Abram. They knew Abram was too. Plus, I mean, this man just helped save y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so yeah, after this, we see a character by the name of Melchizedek. I shouldn't say character, a king. Melchizedek was a king, and he was also a priest of God Most High. Mm-hmm. So we see Melchizedek, he brings out wine and bread, and he blessed Abram, saying, you know what? Blessed be Abram. By God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High who delivered your enemies into your hand. Mm. There's several interesting things about Mechizeldeck. <laughs> First of all, we see that there's another being, person out there who was also worshiping the God of the Most High. Who was a king. Who was also a king and a high priest. Yes. Which is interesting because this is the first time I've also. What is a high priest? Right. Is, <laughs> is, that, a, is that a rank? <laughs> like, because, because this is the first priest 
I'm hearing about so far. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. And this guy was the high priest. Yeah, and he knew God because he, and he he specifically knew which God Abraham was serving too. For sure. Because he came and said, you know what? Like you know, we just was talking about like you know God, the, like in like you know Abraham was so hard. He was ready, trained for action. But Melchizedek was like, you know, yeah, like you know, God delivered your enemies into your hands. For sure. But just and it's like sometimes you gotta hear it though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sometimes, sometimes you need you need that affirmation. Like, bro, congrats on this victory mm-hmm. that the Lord set up for you. You understand? <laughs> like, don't don't forget. Please don't forget. Like, you guys are trained and you guys are willing and able. But at the end of the day, the Lord delivered your enemies into your hands, and that's something very important about this. Too. Mm. You know what I mean? Because. Who God keep is well kept. God exactly. already, God already tell Abram, anybody who curse you getting cursed, bro. Like mm-hmm. straight up, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, any bro, any enemy that you face is going to lose. Period. You know what I'm saying? But it ain't for you to say I do this. And we seen, we seen character. I need to stop saying characters because these people ain't characters. That's these why people. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? We've seen people in the Bible who the Lord bless, and they turn around with a big head and say, "This me." Mm-hmm. I'm him. I do this. You know what I mean? And we see how that didn't work out for them neither. Not at all. <laughs> but yeah, Melchizedek is a very interesting character. So like a lot of people try to unpack who he is even more. And so if you go to Hebrews 7, let me see if I get this right. Hebrews 7 in verse 1, you start, well, right Hebrews, Paul. Anyway, in Hebrews 7 verse 1, <laughs> It says, this Melchizedek, king of Salem, and priest of God most high, he met Abram returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything, which was the first time we actually heard about a tenth being given in the Bible as well. Pre-Moses and people like that. Because a lot of people a lot of people like to associate certain practices that the Israelites did as being a Mosaic law and then... It was only for the like as if it was only for these people. Mm-hmm. And then when Christ came, these things got abolished. And I have I have my own perspective on this. I do a lot of research. I'm really trying to go too deep into the whole tides thing. But we'll have, we'll have a podcast episode for that at some point. For sure, but God, Jesus say out his own mouth, we're not under Caesar with the Caesar under God with his God. Mm-hmm. You understand? And it just goes to show how some of these things were put in place even before God, even before we have documents that God say that. You know what I mean? Exactly. These things was already in place. It just wasn't documented that God tell them to do that. They already know they're supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. And then, so you see, first they say his name means king of righteousness. Then also Salem, king of Salem also means king of peace. So we have Melchizedek, which means king of righteousness. And Melchizedek was king of Salem. And Salem was Shalom, peace. So we have the king of righteousness who was reigning over the kingdom of peace. So mm. the king of righteousness, simultaneously the king of peace. And the, and the Bible further goes on to say, without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, like the son of God, he remains a priest forever. Mm. And so should we unpack that a little bit more? I mean, we could, but we, we still got a long way to go, too. You know what I mean? So you just yeah. got to keep that in mind. Yeah, we can keep this a little <laughs> short, right? So now you see how they say the Bible, they say he has no genealogy or no beginning and no end. So Matisaldeck is a king 
clearly in the Bible, a king of a land. So everyone knows Salem. We've heard Salem referenced several times before. So this is a king who's also a priest. Now, when they say no record of, like, say no genealogy, doesn't mean, doesn't mean he wasn't born. Right. They're just saying that there was no record of it. So it's like, imagine your birth certificate getting lost. Mm -hmm. So to the state or to the country you're from, they're like, bro, who are you? Mm. But clearly you're there. Fox, clearly you exist. You exactly. Know I mean? And it's like, if you have a loved one, that death certificate got lost. Well, guess what? They ain't around no more. Right. That don't mean they're not dead. Exactly. Because you know? so, we don't have no we don't have no documents to support that dead. That don't mean they're not dead. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's like from that. So, <laughs> so yeah, he is a representation of Jesus because Jesus, who had no genealogy, who was before everyone, came down on earth, but he was also after he died, conquered death, came back to life. And he is going to, and now he's in heaven, sitting at the right hand of God, intercessing, intercessing be, before us, well, for us, in, in front of God. So he's like the priest intercessing for our sins, which he died on the cross for. So it's like a kind of parallel of the Bible trying to paint between Melchizedek and Jesus. Hmm. Yeah, dope stuff, bro. And then, after that, who do we hear from? Let me guess. Another king. Another king, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I read from the New King James Version, Genesis 14, verse 21. Now the king of Sodom said to Abram, give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord, God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap. My <laughs> boy say, I wouldn't even take a tread or a sandal strap from you, bro. Straight up. And that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. Except, Mercy. boy, I feel that, bro, I feel that so hard, bro. Except only, verse 24, except only what the young men have eaten and the portion of the men who went with me, Aner, Ashol, and Mamre. Let them take their portion. Mm-hmm. So, like, one thing people even got to realize, too, the reason why that was so important was just the rules of war back in that day was that whatever you conquered, you kept. Mm. So, it wasn't like the king was trying to make him rich. The king was saying, bruh, you earned this. Just give me back, like, the servants. Mm-hmm. You earn all of this. But, and so that's why Abram even said, like, let them keep their share because... Because yeah. they fight with me. They fight with me. Mm. They could keep it. They earn it. Yeah, Fox. So Abram's saying, like, I ain't subjecting y'all to what I doing. But Abram was saying, you know what? I don't need you saying you let me keep it even though I earn it. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't gonna ever have, you ain't gonna never be able to say, you help make me what I am today. And then a part of that is just being with just being wise and understanding the person who you're dealing with. Understanding just having the wisdom to know who you're dealing with and how these things could affect you in the future. Mm-hmm. That's number one. And number two, my boy is already blasted up. Very rich already. You understand? So it's like, do you want to be greedy, Abram? What is it? Go- what are you going to gain from this? You know? And at the same time, do you want to possibly invalidate the blessings that God bestowed upon you just at the sake of being greedy? Mercy. Do you want to take an extra helping and be seen as someone who became... Like, you take this extra helping and everybody going to say, you only rich... Because of because of this, not not to say that this this enhanced your riches, but this made your riches. That mm-hmm. that could possibly be the narrative. And you know, even in today's society, a lot of people don't fact check. They don't care to fact check. 
You know, if somebody gives you a compelling argument, you just take that and run with it. It sound right. You know, that's why it's important to hear both sides of the story. Mm-hmm. And if you could hear the truth, hear the truth. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I know I feel that I feel that on a deep level because personally, I don't I don't like the feeling of someone having something over me ever. Exactly. You know, if if you and I are associates and we have some type of transaction going on, let's say Earl starts a business. I don't ex- I don't expect to get anything free from Earl. I don't want your favors. I want to support you, bro. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to be indebted to you. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> I feel like that's another reason. That's another thing that Abram was saying. Like, what's what's the price? What's the what's what's the cost of these items that I'm taking taking from you? I can get these things, but at what cost? Mm-hmm. My reputation. I care more about my reputation and God's reputation than I care about these possessions. Exactly. You know? So yeah, like I feel like Abram was that guy, but he was. He's a real guy, you know. I, I look at him as somebody who's real. Even even in his old age, he was keeping it real. Bing, that is very true. So now we get to chapter 15. And things get a little interesting now. Hmm. <laughs> we see God appearing to Abram in a vision. Saying, you know, don't be afraid. I am your shield. I am your great, I am your great reward. And... <laughs> Abram get a little spicy, in my opinion. I don't know, you could take it. But he get a little spicy. It's like, God, you know, he trying to be humble. Oh, God, what, 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 like, you know, what, what can you give me? Lord. Since I am still childless. And the one who going to inherit my estate will be Eliezer of Damascus. Boy. Like <laughs> Bring saying, in Eliezer. Eliezer ain't do nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Bring in Eliezer into this. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Abram said, you ain't give me no child. Mm. So, like, how, how will, like, how will... I'd be a great nation if you still haven't given me a child yet. Boy. And like, I know last episode, we talked so much about faith. But I love how the Bible still makes Abram human. Hmm. Because, yeah, you're getting older. Yeah, still passing by. You still have faith. But now the human doubt starting mm-hmm. to creep in. Because we all sinful. So we all got that question against God. Like, yeah, God, I trust in you. I trust in you. But what's happening? Hmm. Like, the older I get, it definitely ain't getting easier to have children. Nope. So I try to help you help me. Yeah, and at this time, it was, it, you know, like, years ago, we might have been thinking, my time to have children done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. He might already make peace with that and all. Now God coming back talking about this. He like, God, I don't really want to hear this right now. But like, what could, what could, what is possible to happen seriously? You know? Mm-hmm. How old was Abram when he, when he got called to, to leave? I can't even remember. I can't remember. See, but now he like 80s, 90s now. He's like, he in his 80s now, for so sure. So decades have passed. Mm-hmm. You know, he already lived his life. You know, in this new land. And now it's time. It just got to show God time in our time, bro. No. You might think you in your prime, dog. This is the best possible time for you to have a child. This is the best time. This is your human mind thinking this. But God's saying, oh, no, 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 no. When you far past what you believe is your prime, that's the best time for various reasons. You know, and that's what Abraham, that's what Abram going through. Exactly. <laughs> you see what I said? And I like how the Lord still, you know, ain't take it no slight. He just said, he still reaffirmed the promise saying, guess what? This Eliezer, Earl paraphrasing now, this Eliezer, I don't know why you're bringing him up. He will not be your heir. Stop bringing him up. I don't want to hear about him again. <laughs> but 
He said, look up at the stars in the sky. Count them. If you could. That's how much children you can have. But then, you know, he goes on to do something even more. Like, the Lord said, bro, I will give you everything. Like, remember, like, remember who I am. I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur, of the Chaldeans, and, and gave you this land to take possession of. But then, you know, Abraham was like, oh, okay, oh, sovereign Lord, how can I know I'll gain possession of it? But then the Lord said, you know what? Do something for me. Bring me some, a, a cow, a goat, a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and, and a young pigeon. Abraham, you know, brought all these to him and cut them into two and arranged the halves opposite each other, which is, which is interesting. <laughs> Such a very unique destruction. But we see God has given you some, some, interesting, some very interesting instructions that you don't really know. Why? <laughs> Where is going? Like? What's, the, what's the significance of this? Yeah. And then we see how Abram trying to fight off all the birds and the buzzards. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering, I was wondering, like, what could this possibly be, like, mean? This this piece of information right here. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, you know, they already tell us he get all the animals that God asked for. He cut them in half. But then it also mentioned that there was some buzzards in the land <laughs> trying to eat it and Abraham brushed it off and then the Bible just segues into a different topic. You know what I mean? Like, that was the only thing they say about the buzzards, you know? But I need, I was like, why? <laughs> like, I guess but they I get, say, like, you know, they, God they paint the picture still. I guess they paint the picture they're saying like, I guess they're saying, when God tells you to do something, you don't know what it is you have to do, but you just have to follow the instructions. Mm. God said, bring me these animals and do and cut them in half and leave them there. He ain't never tell you what he could do with them. But it's your job to follow the instructions and, I guess, protect it as best as your ability and just wait for God to work. But we did see God did come at night. You know? Mm -hmm. This man fell into a very deep sleep. And a thick and dreadful darkness came mm -hmm, over mm -hmm. him. So I don't even know what he was experiencing that night. Boy, in your sleep, low on anxiety, boy. <laughs> and then God could give you some bad news, bro. Like... Hey, but I realized, like, when I go on back to Genesis, I think Genesis 12, mm -hmm. they were saying Abram was 75 years old when they left. Okay. So he was already mature when they left. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? So he probably, he did, I guess he didn't live the, uh, as long a time in Canaan anyway. Mm. You know what I mean? But at the same time, at 75, he probably thought his time was already finished too. Or like he was on his last leg. And we could see that in the next chapter still. Mm -hmm. You know, how, how, how anxious they was to have a child you know, considering his age. But wow. And then like, so going back to Abraham and this dreadful sleep, I almost, I shouldn't say almost, I like what God did. So now if we read the story, God essentially was saying, okay, guess what? I know you got your doubts. Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a country, not their own. Mm -hmm. They are going to be enslaved for 400 years. All right. And now it's after that, they will come out with, the, with, with great possessions. However, you, however, will go, in, will go to your fathers in peace and be buried at a good old age. <laughs> in the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. Mm. Now, my question is, mm -hmm. was this stuff in writing? Because, you know, people say... Moses wrote the book of Genesis. Boy. Right? I have not done any research to confirm or deny that. But what I'm saying is, you can do math. 
If Abram documented this, right? We know that after 400 years, X, Y, Z. So when Moses freed the slaves in 400, like 400 years after, if, you, if we had this to reference, if this was common knowledge, you guys should have known that we coming back to Canaan. You know, because mm -hmm. like I read, like when we recently read um, this part of Genesis, when they talk about Moses and stuff like that, it was like, it was like a mystery where they going. Where are we going? Where are we going? You feel me? We in the wilderness for so long as if we don't know that the end result is going to be Canaan. Like mm -hmm. they talk about this in the 15th chapter of the Bible. You know what I mean? Like, and this was always the plan. And it just sucks that like some people don't even really trust God. Boy. God have this plan out to the T, but it's like we getting in our way. All the time. You know what I mean? Like and, all the time, and God already know. God already know people is gonna be in Egypt, taking on their culture and stuff like that, end up cursing themselves, forcing themselves to be enslaved for forty four hundred years. You know what I mean? So like, I just feel like a lot of times, just being righteous, it's like a lose lose situation. Sometimes, <laughs> God, who is the definition of righteousness, all things righteous, mm -hmm. only wants to bless us. These people, they go rogue. They start doing things that are anti-righteousness. You know, they put curses on themselves, right? Mm -hmm. God saves them. <laughs> In the midst of God saving them, they questioning God. They disrespecting him again. And he just like, bro, like, just, 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 just follow me. Trust me, this girl. Please. Get, did you understand? Let's get all right. Just mm -hmm. trust me. You know what I mean? But we already know how, how that story and it's a happy ending, but it was so much stress they had to go through even before that. But I just think it's interesting because God already laid this out to Abram mm -hmm. 400 and something years prior to it happening. Mm -hmm. You know, the scene that no. <laughs> but I mean, I like how, I like how God break it down for him too. Like God was like, you know what? Okay, let me just set this straight because you clearly have some misinterpretations of what I'm telling you. Mm hmm like, okay, I brought you into the land of Canaan. Yes. Now, clearly, you ain't going to see all your descendants at one time, buddy. <laughs> like, don't get it twisted. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because any money thinking, I could be the father of many nations. And I could be like, how oh, Adam could have seen 10 generations yeah. down the line a day. Yeah, like God say, no, 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 no. Guess what? You will die. Yeah, you will die. Just in case you had to worry about that. No, sorry, you will die. I'm sorry, you are going to die in a good old age. Mm -hmm. God said that straight up. In okay. a peaceful way. In a peaceful way. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying. You, you will pass away. Let me tell you what's going to happen now. This is, this is the full plot. Your children, they will go into slavery for 400 years. Four generations, they will come back. And they will inherit all of this land. Mm -hmm. That's when you're going to have a father of many nations. They are still going to remember you. They're going to look up to you, but that's how it's going to be. Mm -hmm. Like, me, I already tell you this is going to happen. Just trust me. Fox. And yeah, definitely set the record straight for him. You know, we had, we had a guy just like at the age of 75, such blind fate. But now it's like he's starting to slow down like the fate. It ain't pumping as hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then so now we see how... After God told them all of this, oh, there's one more thing I want to say too. And God, like when, like the last line that just, I wouldn't say sneak in there, but 
for the sin of the Amorites had not yet reached its full measure. And it's showing that God was essentially saying, guess what? I need them to fully show how evil they are. Mm -hmm. Almost like when God hardened Pharaoh's heart, like, you know, Pharaoh hardened his heart, hardened son, and God said, okay, you know what? Since you're so locked into your ways, I guess I meant this for you. I guess I meant that for you. Mm -hmm. That's what he's saying essentially doing with the people of Amorite. We all know they're evil now. They got, but they ain't reached their full level of evilness yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet, but don't worry. When it's time for you all to come with the slavery, oh yeah. Oh, y'all gonna know. It could, be a, it could be a known fuck how evil these guys are. I take that as God saying, you know how, to, Abram, you know how the Amorites get, it's get. Mm -hmm. But guess what? They can get way worse. And they can earn the punishment they, they get in. And guess what? This chest, everything can work out in perfect order. Because just when they need their punishment, I could be exonerating you. I could be liberating you all at the same time. And so it could be a win-win situation. You mm -hmm. feel me? And their punishment could be that they have to come out of this land and you all get to have this land. This fully prosperous land that was promised to you already. Yep. And so now, Abram wakes up. He sees a smoking firepot with a blazing torch of pen that passed between all the pieces of meat that was out there laid out. <laughs> but then God said, God made an axe covenant on that day and said, guess what? To your descendants, I'll give this land from Egypt to, either, to the Euphrates, to the Kenites, Kenizzites, Kamonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Raphites, Amorites, Canaanites, Gergashites, and Jebusites. A lot of heights, boy. Boy. Boy, that was before they start using other endings for names. Like, I'm telling you. <laughs> no, Earth. they use the same suffix <laughs> for all of them cities. Yeah, but like, shoot. <laughs> they say we knew to this multiple language thing. <laughs> right, but true. They're just playing it by ear. All right, so now we get to Hagar and Ishmael. It's a nice next story in the Bible, mm -hmm. chapter 16 of Genesis. Let you talk with this one. I can be real. Abraham live a full life post age 75. You know what I mean? He getting into wars. He got baby mama drama. You know what I mean? This is the first time we seeing all... The guy was a trailblazer, bro. <laughs> he was a trailblazer, bro. Yes. The first Hebrew based on this conversation alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. So now so um, Genesis 16 verse 1 New King James Version now Sarai Abram's wife had borne him no children and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar so Sarai said to Abram see now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children please go into my maid perhaps I shall obtain perhaps I shall obtain children by her and Abram heeded the voice of Sarai oh boy oh boy <laughs> So I can be real. I don't know. I don't know the type of people Abram was around, but I can't see any way that this would have worked out. You know what I'm saying? Me now, granted, I am alive thousands of years after Abram. So I have other things to reference. He probably didn't have these things to reference, Mercy. but come on, bro. Did you think, did you think, even though she was sincere in requesting this, you, you don't think any type of complications would have come about? You know what I mean? Like you guys didn't try to try to understand the risks that y'all was taking and then how things would have pawn out. I or, guess you know, I mean, 
consult God, probably. Yep, that would have been an excellent idea. Like you know, God. Now, I know you say you're giving me a son. You're just telling me that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I ain't forget that. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So, I, but here's a proposal. You know, I try to help you help me again. In our human side, trying to help God fulfill our promise, which is a flaw. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my wife got a a nice little maid servant here. Who, you know, she got nice little kids. Egyptian thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, Young. You know, she got she got have kids. You know, Lord. You know, maybe maybe <laughs> you see he's gonna give me a son. Maybe it's true. Oh, huh? maybe you know. And I feel like Abram. No, in the back of his mind, if anything. This ain't a good idea. No, this wasn't gonna work out. Cause, bro, seriously, dog, God just tell you the whole. God give you the whole game, bro. He give it to you in detail. You could feel this like a movie, like a motion picture. You sleeping and God walking you through all this, Mm -hmm. and you know the voice of God. Y'all already had this caught hard conversations multiple times. So you know, you know of all things that you will be a father. Mm -hmm. Even if the many nations thing, you ain't get to see. You know you will see a child by you. You know that for sure. But I feel like that's when the anxiety started to kick in. I get anxious now, man. I want to hurry up off this child while I young, while I alive even. You see what I'm saying? While I, while, I, while I ain't too archaic. You know what I mean? Like, I want to have this child and be in a wheelchair. I can barely take care of my vision, growing body, all type of thing. But you know what's so funny? Like... How they were so sure it would have, like, Hagar would have a son. Suppose Hagar only got her, like, girls. That's what I was thinking, too, when it's I was a, reading this earlier today. I was like, but... How y'all were so confident? I was like, bro, how y'all, bro, like, if she, if he, if Hagar had a girl, bro, I know y'all would have feel defeated. And y'all would have feel bad. I don't call you dumb, but I know y'all would have feel dumb. <laughs> yeah, but, like, to me, it's also that God is a God of humor, too. <laughs> because, I mean, let's be honest. God could have instantly in that moment say, bro, Abraham, the seen it. Mm-hmm. God could have said, hey, God, you could be instantly barren for trying to swoop in here. God could have also saying, hey, God, you know what? You ain't going to have no, no, no sons. You got daughters. Fox. But here's what I think. In Abram not consulting God, God say, okay, all of the consequences of your actions, you will have to pay for. And in retrospect, your descendants mm. will have to pay for too. Mm. But, and bro, it just go to show how, and it's something uh, we as potential, as people who care to have children in life, have to consider, bro, it's, it's things that you're going you're gonna to pass on to your kids. It's like your mistakes and your sins. Now it's going to impact your kids. Mm-hmm. Seriously, so like, even if you think you young and free and you could always repent and stuff like that, that's 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 not wise if you plan to have kids because it's certain things that you open yourself up to or certain practices that you start to do that will indefinitely affect gener- a generation beneath you or generations beneath you. It's just that we're not going to have a Bible on our lives for God to say, oh, it's because of this sin mm-hmm. that this happened X, Y, Z. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, and that's an important thing too, man, because like people really think that their decisions just only affect them. But there are some crucial decisions that you make in your life that affects way beyond you. And it's a decision 
even for like finances and stuff, a decision you make could set up your family for a couple generations or simultaneously it can make your, make life kind of hard for your family for a few mm-hmm. more generations too. That's a fact. And so it's just like some decisions that we make, just set yourselves back. But at the same time, you're setting your whole family back, but you don't even know what you really just did. That's why it's, you got to hold up your own weight. You know what I mean? You got to, you got to, you just got to be accountable for yourself and you got to care. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's easier said than done. Back to the story. <clears throat> for Genesis 16 verse 3, then Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, important. She was an Egyptian and, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife after Abram had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan. So Abram was about 85 around there then. You know, so the reason why I say that's important is because, oh, then, yeah, yeah, because I'm thinking, I'm just thinking about race, the difference of races in the United States. There is racial tension is the biggest racial tension is between white people and black people and the systems put to put in place by white people decades ago, you know, that affect us today. And that's a big thing. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of black people just arguing for equality, and that's, it seems like that's not too much to ask for, but there are people who have a problem with that. But I'm just thinking about Adam and Eve. What race could they have possibly been? You know what I'm saying? We, we, we spoke about how procreation was in those days when they had a, a more rich gene, a more rich gene pool, and there was mm-hmm. more possibilities in their DNA. So I'm thinking the same thing is about race. Like, because of that, the way their genes were set up, they, put, they probably had a, had a possibility to have... Any type of colored, like, offspring, Just you know? Possibility, yeah. Like, they definitely had that possibility. That's, that's how I feel. Um, but Hagar was an Egyptian. Now, I know Africans to be black. I don't know of a time when there was ever anything different than that, mm-hmm. you know? Egypt, Egypt is in Africa. The second, the second country listed in the Bible, mm-hmm. Egypt, you know? Maybe, maybe? Well, maybe the second, second, second African, African country. Sec, second African, yeah, yeah, African country, you know? And so, hey, God, we, so even if we don't know what race Abram was, we know one parent of Ishmael was black. So I'm like, if the Ishmaelites look like Abram or look like Ishmael, if the Ishmaelites today look like Ishmael, they come from blackness. You know what I mean? Like it just—it's just so weird to me that some people could say, "Oh, this person is that race," and you could have—you could have some type of prejudice against them because of their race, but you don't know. Like if we go back thousands of years, you come from that. You know yep. what I mean? Mm-hmm. That in your blood, and you yep. might not even know it. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like that was just a little tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, but um, Abram, he went in until he went in. To Hagar, you know what I mean? They had... They yeah, can, she, and she conceived. He yeah, slept she, with Hagar and she conceived. <laughs> exactly. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eye. So now, this is the baby mama drama what I talk about. So now you have someone who was once a servant, once a, a servant. worker. You know, now she looking like she is the, the, the queen or the princess because I have leverage. I have something over you, Sarai. You is the big boss, right? But you can't have children. Mercy. That means I's the boss. I have children. I and I I prolonging I prolonging this um heritage. Mm-hmm. You understand? If it was up to you, Sarai, 
this would have stopped right here. Mm. You can't give your husband no children. And that was probably a big deal back then. Bro, it was. You feel me? Like, not even so long ago was a big, like a, a big deal. If we go back like 400 years when, the, when we really had like kings and stuff still around, like it was very important to have a male heir. That's a fact. And then guess what? Abram was already expressing his grievances to God. He said, God, man, you, I, have to, I have to leave my possessions. What's your boy name? Eliezer. The Eliezer? <laughs> you see, like, a, I, I couldn't even remember his name. He's like, bro, come on, God. I could be, I could be this man, father of many nations, but my... My, uh, my, my, herit- my, my inheritance have to go to Eliezer? Mercy. Come on, bro. So you can see this was taking a toll on their family mm-hmm. to the point where Sarai had to, had to do something that I'm sure she, she wasn't 100% okay with, you know, but this was her compromise. No. No, but what woman willingly gives up her husband? That's what I'm saying, like. Mercy. Mm-hmm. You know, but Abram, Abram just there. Uh, he heeded the instructions. You know, I'm gonna be a good husband. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, what a what a noble guy. You know what I mean? What a guy. <laughs> yeah, like I say, like I know we talk about Abram so much in the last episode, but like this episode, bringing him back down there a bit because <laughs> he was a man of enormous faith. But one thing I want to point out: no character in the Bible but Jesus was perfect. That's a fact. And no then, character. Another thing I want to point out is how women were a lot of men's weakness in the Bible. A whole lot of men, as strong and as wise, you know strong, what I mean. Strong, wise, as smart, connected to warriors. God. Yep. But when it come to woman, but they ain't thinking straight, bro. From time. From poor Lord. So. <laughs> but from Adam. From Adam. That's like. That's what I trying to show you, bro. This is this so perpetual, dog. Exactly. Nothing Did we inherit that? We we inherited that from Adam. I mean, we get it from a couple of our fathers. For sure. <laughs> For sure. It's just. Well, where we can learn, dog. <laughs> I think it's so ingrained in our DNA at this point. See, but that's something that I feel like men have to be very cognizant of. Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, mm-hmm. it's important. It's important who you choose to be a part of your unit. Men and women. Boy, because you're doing it. I'm telling you, bro. You're doing like, it. People, people, I, I, I just wish everybody have this mindset because this could be a downfall. Exactly, bro. The person you choose to set up to be a partner with you is supposed to be someone who... Help strengthen so you guys can build together. But if you choose the wrong person, this goes for both guys and girls. You're setting yourself up not for success. Let exactly. me just put it that way. And 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 just on this quick tangent, you got to shout out to some of the men who hold firm still. Yes. You understand? Job, his wife tell him curse God and die. Joe's like, boy, I know what this guy did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I messed it with all. You know what I mean? Joseph. Joseph, he was, that wasn't his wife, but it was his temptation. And he and he didn't even have a girl. You know what I mean? Until later at, on, yeah. At this time, he was single, like a Pringle. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and like, seriously, bro, if he if he was relying on his flesh, he would have completely forfeited all of the blessings that the Lord would have given, given him. The people after afterwards. That'd have been serious. Israelites, too. you know what I'm saying? Mm. So 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 it, it just go to show how you could you could get your blessings when you when you when you it just go to show how you could get your blessings when you rely on faith and rely on God and not on the flesh. You know what I mean? Just a little tangent. But yeah, so now what's so funny is that Sarai, who was the master planner of this whole ordeal. This was high now. Exactly. Goes to Abram. <laughs> I was like, you 
responsible for the wrong, like the for the for the for the wrongs I'm, I'm experiencing right now. Hold on, bro. I know, I know, I know. We we done we done had a pretty lengthy podcast so far, bro. But I want to ask you a question. I hope you have difference of opinion, just for the sake of All right, a up? debate. Who do you fault in this scenario, Sarai or Abram? If there was anyone to fault, who am I faulting for the for the decision to have Ishmael? Mm, it's a hard choice, but I'll say Sarai right now. Just for the sake of a, a little debate. Just for the sake of a little debate, I'd say Sarai. Because I want to say Abram. All right. I can let you argue Abram. I can argue. No, let me argue Sarai All right. first. Cool, cool. Let me argue Sarai first. Mm. Okay. So now we have multiple instances, which we ain't even get to yet, of Sarai's lack of faith. Mm-hmm. So now she knows she's barren. And you know it's a female's nature when you have a good one which we assume Sarai was, you know what I'm saying? When you have a good one, to want to care and love for a husband. Facts. So now, I'm putting myself in her shoes, it's weird to say, but I'm putting myself in her shoes now. She know her husband was made this big promise to be a father of many nations now. She looking at herself as the reason why this promise can't be fulfilled. Mm. So now Sarah and Abram, so we know Abram have a lot of faith that we talked about now, but that doesn't mean that Sarah was on the same equal level of faith as Abram. Very true. So now Sarah probably was leaning on Abram's faith, but now in her moment of weaknesses, she's saying, you know what? I have this plan. I already feel in this guilt and this weight of not being able to bear, to bear a child. You getting older at a certain point, you might not be able to, you know, mm. produce children anymore. That's true. So now instead of us waiting this long time, we know it ain't happening for me in our human minds. We know it ain't happening for me. God make you this promise to have a son. God could give you a son. In her mind too, God ain't never say your son coming from me. Mm. God saying you getting a son. So in her mind, she said, you know what? I got a plan. I could take care of God. Because Abram ain't say he looked, Abram was content. Mm-hmm. He had he faith in God saying, you know what? Hey, God giving me a son? Bing. It obviously had come from Sarai because, I mean, that's all I got right now. He exactly. wasn't out actively looking for an ex-female. Sarai said, you know what? Hey, yo. Hey, God. Hey, God. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Abram, come on, let me talk to you, right? So, now you know I can't have no children here. We know. Yeah, okay. I know. I know. I'm sorry. But, hey, God could have children. I'm pretty sure. Look at her, her, little, her little Egyptian self. <laughs> hey, God could have children. So, guess what? You go sleep with Hagar. You have a son. I know they calculate how much times they might have to try, but I ain't getting that. You have a son with Hagar. Bam. God's promise fulfilled. You get your son. You will be the father of many nations. You don't got to worry about me because mm. we know I can't have children. So Sarai's lack of faith. Bing. So what's interesting is that he did marry Hagar. He did. You know what I mean? So I don't see no evidence in the Bible to support God approving polygamy. You know what I mean? But it wasn't like he cheated on her. The Was this the sake. first person with two wives documented since? Who was he? Who was he a descendant of this Abram guy? <laughs> but nah, nah, that's funny. But all right, so it's interesting what you said though. That Hagar picking Hagar was Sarah's choice, and that's because Abram possibly already assumed that his child was gonna come from Sarai. You know, and that's a big 
fucked in why I if 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 we were qualified to put the blame on anybody, you know, I would choose Abram. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, Sarah I had weak faith. Mm-hmm. But that don't mean you ought to inherit that weak faith. Perfect. You speak to God directly. Sarah does not. You understand? I can kind of understand why she was getting anxious, but you you talk, God already give you the game plan. So why are you going with this idea? Mm-hmm. It's like, watch this. If you driving and you on a busy highway and it raining and someone call you, you pick up the phone and crash. Could you blame the person for calling you or could you blame yourself for picking up the phone at such That's an right. inopportune time? Exactly. You know what I mean? So I feel like, I feel like Abram pick up the phone with Sarah. She proposed this thing for Abram and he bite the bullet. You could have said no. You know what I mean? Like, bro, like, <coughs> excuse me. I feel like this goes along. It's very similar to how Adam fell. You speak to God directly. You are a man, bro. Mm-hmm. You and contr- you can't blame nobody but yourself, bro. Ain't nobody entice you. Somebody proposed this thing to you. You thought about it and you gone for it. For different reasons, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, Adam was just... Drunk in love, you know what I mean? <laughs> Abram, I think he was saying, well, this logically makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I running out of time. It was different pressures for the two of them. But at the end of the day, these guys weren't deceived. You know, these guys, and this wasn't even their plan. No. They just was going along with someone else. You know what I mean? So I feel like Abram, Abram, like, really just was out of pocket. Like, like, like <laughs> this way, this way we could definitely see his fate dwindle. And mm-hmm. a lot of it was just just listening to his wife, just listening to his wife Sarah. But then even even if he even if he wanted to do that, I still think he should have thought to himself, "This ain't gonna end well." Even if it's with Sarah, even if it end well with Sarah, this ain't gonna end well with God. You know what I mean? And as you can see, they end up in hot water. He end up in hot water <laughs> with an all two of them. Yep. So and that's my thing. <laughs> we see we see Sarah get punished for something else, but not for this. You know what I mean? Sarah wasn't directly involved in making Ishmael. This is between Hagar and Abram. Mm-hmm. And it's because of that, it's because of their, their marriage and stuff like that, why Ishmael and his descendants end up being a, a peculiar type of people. You know what oh, I mean? Man. And then it's so funny because she like, okay, yeah, I, Abram, you're responsible for the suffering. I put my servant in your arms. Like, what? Like, yeah, like, I put my servant in your arms. She got pregnant. Now she despised me. <laughs> Sarah, I basically saying you wasn't being a man and hide and handling your side women. They out of pocket now. You have to. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, it's like, but you give her to me. Mm-hmm. And technically, she my wife too now. No, not, boy. Boy, you see? Ouch. <laughs> you see? What Sarah would have do if he didn't hit her with that for Judo? But he might have hit her with that. You can see Abram say, wait, guess what? Anyway, you know, that's your servant. You do it all, whichever you feel is best. Hey, he says basically wife versus wife. What I supposed to do? Exactly. I can't get another wife versus wife. We have to take it to a different level. We can say, this your employee. Mm-hmm. You see, y'all just so happen to be my wives, both of y'all. But this your employee still. <laughs> so if you trying to, if you have a job for her, and she giving you attitude and Handle that. <laughs> you handle that business. You handle sure. your business. So then Sarah, I say, okay, I can flip the script. So then she stopped mistreating Hagar. And Hagar said, but yeah, I got to take this. I go on. I'm pregnant. I got. I pregnant with Abram's son. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I gotta take this. So now what's interesting now, she left. And then the angel of the Lord gone to get her. Hmm. Which is super interesting because at this point, we ain't never seen no angel actually talking to Sarai. That's a fact. And the angel was like, oh, so um, where you going? She said, I running away from my mistress. He's like, oh, hold on. No, no. Mm-mm. Go back to your mistress. Submit to her. And he said, I will also increase the descent, your descendants that they will too be numerous to the count. He said, you are now a child. You will have a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard your misery. He will be like a wild donkey of a man, which is interesting. I still don't really know what that means. You, right. you, you as a poet, you, you can unpack that for me, please, because... A wild donkey of a man? He's wild at heart? See, now, I ain't gonna tell you... <laughs> I ain't gonna tell you what it really mean, but I can tell you how I perceive that. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That just show me this boy could be a hard-head person who really don't care but nothing in life. I guess it also makes sense because it goes on to say his hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. See, now, watch this. I rate donkey... As someone who don't think, you see what I'm saying? I read wild as someone who just, just looking for problems all the time. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like if you see a wild animal, you know when someone say it's a wild animal, they don't, they don't say that in a positive light. They saying this person, this thing, this animal could punks on you or talk you at any given time. And they saying, that's how Ishmael could be. And then guess what? We could see Ishmael when Isaac come around. How he was trying to bully Isaac. And that caused them to leave too. Because he was being a wild donkey of a, of a young man. You know, when his little, little brother come around and thing. Yeah, boy. And then they say he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. <laughs> okay. You know what they're going to say? He'll be, his hand will be against everyone. Everyone hand against him. And he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. Mm-hmm. So now, and this is something I want to paint for people today. Who are the most notable people on earth today who trace their, their lineage back to Ishmael? The Arabs. Yeah. Muslims. I didn't want to say the wrong name. I like. It's all good. Arabs, Muslims. They trace their stuff back to, 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 to Ishmael. To Ishmael. Who is Ishmael's brother? Isaac. We know he coming. Isaac. Who is Isaac's descendants? The Jews. In the Middle East, who are warring still to this day? To this day, boy. The Arabs and the Jews. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Prophecy fulfilled, bro. Bing. And, and bro, the Arabs originated from an Egyptian woman. You see what I'm saying, bro? And it's also very big in Egypt, too. Bro, yeah, bro. Well, now it is, but yeah. Yeah, See, but what I was going to go say is somebody, we have somebody who is very, has a lot of animosity towards his family. Mm-hmm. He was the half brother of the mistress. He was the son of the mistress who was not loved. And his, he had to watch his brother live like a prince while he was treated like a peasant or someone lesser than. Mm-hmm. So he has a lot of animosity. Have we not seen this in superhero movies all the time, bro? Thor and Loki. Bro, Luke Cage. You know what exactly. I mean, bro? Like, bro, bro, what's it called? Um, the Black Panther, bro. Mm. 
I can't Kill even. Monjo. Yeah, bro. Like he was angry because his his uncle, his uncle, well, his used, daddy, who was a black panther's uncle, you see, got like, the shot and the stick. Yeah, and he had to live like a regular person while these guys were living like king and just mad, bro. I just, I just got, to, I just trying to, I just trying to paint the picture for people, bro. A lot of the stuff in the world is just a fantasized version of stories in the Bible. Exactly. You could say reaching, but we can, we can unpack this. A lot of them. A lot in the Bible. And every exactly. time I can say the same thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's just a fantasized... They fantasize the themes that are already in the Bible. And I believe this is a device of the devil. So that when you read the stuff in the Bible, it is anticlimactic to you. Anticlimactic, but then you also just paint it as another just story, another fictional story too. Exactly. So you read it and you're like... Mm. I'm underwhelmed. Like, this ain't really capture my attention. But you don't know the difference is this real life. Exactly, This man. real life. Like, when I'm watching a show, and it's a fiction I can watch, violence and stuff, if I know it's fiction. Bro, you watch a video of that same thing happening? That and might mess know, up your whole day, And you bro. know it's real? And you know it's real? That might bro, mess up your whole day. Because it's one thing to see someone die in a movie. Because it's like, subconsciously, you know it's fake. Exactly. But when you see someone die in real life that hits you completely different for sure they're completely different um but yeah but the next thing i want to say too is that all of this animosity towards the muslims and the jews even to this day could have been avoided oh yeah for sure it, it they could have not have two different clans bro it could have just been one Exactly. It should have been, been just one. Exactly. So that's just that's just interesting. Bro, think about this, bro. You know how much bro, when you look at videos of this war, bro, you would not think this is happening on the earth right now, bro. <laughs> These guys are they are real, bro. Like mm-hmm. it's real out there. You know what I'm saying? But you think you think if when he married, hey guy, if someone had show him that, you think he's gonna do that? No. I highly doubt he was doing that. No. But it just go to show you don't know the severity of your actions, bro. You don't know the type of curses you're putting on the generations under you. Bro, and this like a couple thousand years later, bro. bro. <laughs> and so like you just you, you just see like what like what we was talking about earlier, like some decisions you make, you don't know how far reaching these decisions will go on for future generations. Hmm. Man, oh man. And it also goes on to say that Hagar indeed did have a son. She did name him Ishmael. And and he he was born when Abram was eighty six years old. Mm. So Abram was eighty six and had his first son. First child, yeah, yeah. But also, want to say what's commendable too is that how God still said, "You know what? I know I said I'm going to give you a son. This is not your promised son, but he's still going to be blessed, and I will make a great nation out of him too. And his descendants will also be numerous." Mm-hmm. That's a fact. That's, Abram just was a walking blessing, bro. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything he touched, blast up. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So now, I mean, when we look at these chapters, so we do 14, 15, and 16. It's been a common theme. We've seen the dichotomy of faith and simultaneously lack of faith. Throughout this story. 
we've seen how Abram with fate was able to beat kings that were at war and couldn't beat these other kings. He was able to rise up with 318 trained men, go out to battle, and the Lord delivered his enemies in his hands. That was faith. We see how Abram, in a lack of faith, started to question God again. Started saying, God, you told me I would have a son, but where's my son? Am I going to leave my inheritance to Eleazar, my servant? And God said, okay, I'm going to tell you this again. Look at the stars in the sky. You will have a son. Your descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky, too numerous to count. And then we see God breaking down this promise to him, saying, okay, let me tell you exactly what's going to happen. Your descendants will inherit this land, but they will go through some hardships. They will be slaves in a land that they do not know, a land that they do not own. But I will deliver them. All hope will not be lost for your descendants. And then they will come back to this land and they will take possession of it. They will conquer it. And then so now we see Abram again being subjected to what his wife, to his wife's plan. He knew God promised him a son. And deep down, even though we said that he didn't know, just playing devil's advocate, he didn't know that his son would come from, from, from Sarai. He knew his son was supposed to come from Sarai. So in this plan of his wife's, he went along with it. He's, his wife got jealous of, of Hagar. Hagar started to despise the mistress too. And they started to clash. Sarai sent Hagar away. God said, know what? Go back, submit. But I will also bless Ishmael as well. And in life, we usually are presented with options, choices. We could be faithful to God. We cannot be faithful to God. But we see in God's word, he says, you know, build a connection with me so that I can talk with you. I have a plan for you. I want you, I want you to succeed. I want you to be great. I want to bless you how I've blessed all of the children who came before you, all of my children who came before you. I want you to do great things for me. I want your will to align with my will. I don't want you to fail. But it is up to us in our human natures to know that we need God and we need to seek after him as a dare panted for water so that our souls shall long after him. And I mean, it really just comes down to that, in my opinion. Like, are we doing what it takes to nurture and cultivate that relationship with God? So when we are presented with these options in life, these life-changing decisions, do we, are we, do we have that connection with Him where we can quickly decipher His will? Or are we going to fall for a plan of the enemy to sow a seed of destruction in our life? What once seemed like a good plan is now showing its consequences. Sarai gave a maid Hagar to marry and to have children with Abram. But once pregnant, Hagar despised her mistress, and Sarai dealt harshly with Hagar. Hagar ended up running away and was visited by an angel of the Lord, who instructed her to return 
and told her that her descendants would be multiplied. Soon after, Abram was also visited by a few angels, and they came bearing good news and also bad news. The bad news we'll talk about on the next episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by Ayana Albertson, Isabella Bate, Nate Marrero, along with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nikaz Gay. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B-O-F-A-P-O-D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.